This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us again. I'm glad you're here, and it's always a pleasure to be here sharing this conversation with you. And uh, for our fourth and final episode on employment justice, we have our guest, Father Jack Mossbrooker. Father, thank you for joining us again. Thank you for having me, Mike. Today we're going to talk about a very sticky subject. We're going to talk about corporate justice. Justice at the corporate level. Now, the term corporate justice may sound like an oxymoron to many people, but uh, to Father, he thinks that it's possible Always the man of hope, thinking it's possible that for there to be justice at the corporate level. And in our meetings before these podcasts, we had talked a lot about the major corporations like Amazon, Microsoft, and, and so on, and how, how does justice become possible in places like that. But Father says it's possible. So let's introduce this subject so you think that corporate justice is possible huh i think it it's possible and i think that um if it if it doesn't happen that's the reason you have a union okay there's, there's no ju- there's no justice in the corporation but there have been some corporations which have a, a good name and and treat their workers fairly mm-hmm. and well and i think of some of the traditional corporations that did that now, whether they continue to do that in this day and age is another question. But in the past, have done that and have, you know, given their workers benefits. And and uh, there's a there's a actually a hamburger company that sells hamburgers that gives their employees uh, good wages, and they give them uh, benefits, and they get they give them money for college, and oh, they, wow. they treat their employees well, and they have cars lined up buying hamburgers yeah so well there you go <laughs> so you know it, it there's a model for for doing things right yeah and and well and that model i think is uh, is really important now often when it comes to unions we think in terms of of like a straight line like for example you've got toyota and the union for the workers but what about these massive corporations that own a whole lot of different companies? Do you have to have separate unions for each company? Unfortunately, that's the way it's looking. Like uh, there's one coffee company that the workers in one part of the country uh, formed a union and it not it didn't for the other parts. So every area has to wow. has to get it. And there's a, these uh, fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm. If one restaurant organizes, that doesn't mean all the restaurants are organized in that chain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's an uphill battle that they yeah. have, you know. And so the company can do what they want in one area, and not, yeah. and and, uh, and the union may have some say in another area. So, the you know, there's been some 
historically, there's been some brutal battles between unions and corporations. Mm-hmm. I mean, really brutal, deadly, literally. But yeah. uh, the uh, that that kind of shifted when everybody became profitable back in the after the war, and mm-hmm. and uh, and now we seem to be shifting back to where these massive corporations are mm-hmm. thinking that well, I'll just I don't I just take workers and you know, use them up. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's it. Now, uh, I've noticed some companies will have union workers and non-union workers. And some of the companies actually got around the union by uh, hiring temp workers through temp agencies. So then what do you do in that situation? They follow the law. Yeah. You know, the open shop is uh, says that you can have non-union workers with the, with the union workers. But I, yeah, you just have to follow the law and and keep working at. So, do you think so that's a law that needs changed? Oh, I think so. I think the open shop was a mistake. Yeah. yeah. So there's a something listeners can do is maybe fight for that law to be eliminated. There you go. Yeah, because yeah. I've often thought this is unfair. They're just you know using temp agencies to bypass the union. Yeah, and there are actually workers who like the union because the union sets the wages and they get them. Yeah. And don't have to pay the union yeah. for the work or anything. Yeah. That's that's not right. Right. Yeah, that is so true. So what is justice at the corporate level? Well, I think it starts with how they look at people and what they think of people. You know, the uh, work, the corporations can look at people as just fungible. You know, right. You got one or another you slip this one out, put another one in. Yeah. You know, that sort of attitude. So I think that, that that's part of it. The other thing is that the corporation has to see themselves as power and powerful. Mm-hmm. And if they don't see themselves as powerful, they they will tend to react you know, ah. rather than act. Mm-hmm. And so they have to do that also. And they have to have kind of a conscience, you know, that, to realize the power they have, and that, mm-hmm. and have, and what what it means to be fair to people, like like we talk, we've talked about mm-hmm. fair wages, benefits, to to make people's lives livable, mm-hmm. if they're going to work for this corporation. So that those kinds of things, I think, are really part of it. Being a just corporation, plus they can't cheat the other way. They can't cheat on their products. Yeah, you know, and. Uh, and, yeah. and lie about that. Yeah. Plus, I think, I think one of the things that's wrong in corporations is this globalization. Mm-hmm. You know, where a corporation says, "Well, I could hire American workers, or I could go over to Vietnam." Yeah. And I had a there's a young lady I knew uh, some time ago who worked for a clothing company, and they went into Mexico, which set up sewing shops, teach these women, bring in these women from the villages, mm-hmm. teach them how to sew. If there was some guerrilla activity in that area, if women might come to work the next morning, there wouldn't be any sewing shop there. Oh, wow. They just abandoned them. Yeah. And she said, I can't tolerate that. So she quit. Had yeah. a very good job with the company. Mm-hmm. But that's the kind of thing that I think is just wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that's where people are used and abused. Yeah, in that kind of that kind of workings, and even you know our American workers, I think are are abused in the sense that when when this globalization, when uh, 
that a company goes to another country and 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 uh, pays them a dollar a day mm-hmm. for the work that might cost fifteen dollars an hour here. Yeah. I think it's just wrong. It yeah. just, and I have a friend who says, well, but their lives are much better than, than if the company wasn't there, wasn't paying them that dollar a day. <laughs> well, that's that's not fair, you know? Yeah. It's, 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 we're, what are we doing to that culture? Yeah. And what are we doing to those And why, people? if that company's going to move into that culture, why not improve that culture by paying $10 a day? Or whatever, because I do work in Kenya. And the cost of living is very low there. So even $10 a day would be phenomenal because of the cost. But as it is, a dollar a day is what people get. And that's not enough to obviously live on. So those companies, even if they were going to locate to another country, the least they could do was improve that country. (laughs) That's right. And that's right. Put some money into it so they can build it up. You know, it's like... Like people from companies will go in and say, well, those people are poor, but they're happy. <laughs> well, give me a break, you know? Yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody likes to live in poverty. I don't know anybody yeah. likes to live, except monks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who choose it. Um, but so I think that you're right. If they could, If they could pump some money into that economy to help them build up their, their, their culture, right. their, their country, it'd be much much more responsible. Yes, definitely. Now, one of the things that you you were talking about, uh, you know, how the attitude of corporations and how they see workers stuff. And I know you've speak to, to huge corporations, uh, in meetings. What is it you say to those leaders? Well, typically we, I speak for the workers Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, to say that, you know, like, uh, one company was going to, uh, change that, the pension policy from a defined benefit to a 401k. Mm-hmm. And I spoke, I spoke at that meeting at that shareholder meeting against that. And actually the Cardinal of New Jersey said to the head of the corporation, if you come, you come to New Jersey and I'll bring the union head in and we'll have a meeting. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't do it. Oh. He wouldn't do that. Yeah. So I really, I speak on behalf of the workers and to say this is what's fair. Now, at one meeting we went up after I spoke my piece at the end of the shareholders meeting, the uh, investors were sitting in the right-hand corner and we were on the left hand of this of this auditorium. Mm-hmm. So after the meeting went up, I met the CEO of the company. Mm-hmm. I was talking, nice, nice guy. And uh, I said, you know, this is really about the workers that you have to pay attention to. That's why we're here and that's what it's about. He said, I know, but I have to take care of those people over there pointing at the investors. Yes. Because they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars in my company. Mm. He's lost. Yeah. Know? Well, and, let's talk about that then. Because um, uh, that's a real problem I faced even at where I work recently because I, I had a um, a good idea to share. I talked to one of the managers about it. Uh, and it was a thing that was going to be just for the company and the workers. And it was going to be a rather easy solution. But the manager said the problem is the company is beholden to the investors. So as you were getting ready to talk about that in this, can we talk more? Yeah. What is going on here? So who are the investors? Typically uh, uh, hedge funds, 
insurance agencies, mm-hmm. insurance companies, not agencies, mm-hmm. but companies, uh, people who have a lot of money, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever they are, banks, uh, or investors, you know. So this, these are the people who run the company essentially, mm-hmm. and and say you have to make money for us, or otherwise we'll pull our money out and you will be hurt. Mm-hmm. Now talk about a power play. Yeah, <laughs> that's a real power play. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, and and you know the companies have a, have an obligation to maximize profits for the investors, mm-hmm. which is yeah, I know. Most people don't realize that. Yeah, why don't they have a policy of maximize the working conditions for the workers? I know, and that's the thing. It's the law of yeah. maximizing these profits for the investors. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just, I'm baffled. What do we do about something like that? Because it feels huge to me. It is huge. Well, we could change that law. Yeah. That would be one. Okay. It won't, it won't happen. Yeah. Because, you know, that uh, our politicians won't have the courage to go against the investors. Yeah. All that money. Yeah. They, and they've got all the lobbyists and yeah. money on their side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, this take a moment and just talk to people, talk to people's hearts because this is really comes down to a problem with the human heart. You know, in the old Testament law, God's, you know, told the people of Israel through Moses time and time again, even through the prophets, the prophets would constantly bring up the subject of fair wages and that judgment was coming on the land because of lack of fair wages. So it's a, it's a serious universal problem. Uh, it's something we have to get serious about because we don't realize how it negatively affects our soul when we don't pay Sorry. fair wages. You know, there was a typically there there are code words for that where the prophets talk about. Mm-hmm. It's the the, uh, the 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 resident alien. The orphan and the widow; mm-hmm. those are the vulnerable people in society. Those are the people they had a responsibility to take care of. Yeah, and that's I think, you know, when the when the church talks about social justice, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, you know, Pope Francis talks a lot about about the uh, the uh, preferential option for the poor. What he means by that is not that we give money to the poor, but that if we're going to build a society. The poor have to be part of that process of building that society. Mm-hmm. That's what he means, and bringing them in and realizing that they have a uh, 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 that they can do things. You know, they can think, they can make decisions for themselves. Mm-hmm. That they have something to give, and I think that's the way the corporation needs mm-hmm. is to have a uh, an, an option for the workers to say yeah. they are people who have something to give this company more than just their hands. Because that's all any mm-hmm. that's all any worker has is hands yeah. in his head, you know, to make a living and, yeah. to, and to get ahead. But if the corporations understood that we we are, are responsible for bringing these people in, for building this company, including everybody in the building mm-hmm. of this company, not just the CEOs, yeah, not just the board of directors, yeah, you know, that's the key. That's yeah, the exactly. And you know, to take it to uh, an eternal perspective is. You know, some religions talk about heaven and hell, purgatory. Some talk about karma, good karma, bad karma, you know, whatever it is. These decisions, no matter how 
much a CEO, corporate leaders, investors, how powerful and rich they may think they are, these decisions are creating havoc on their soul. And uh, people need to listen. Now, why is it that you know, we've got corporations, since we're focusing on corporations in this episode, we have corporations where the CEOs are the owners uh, of these corporations are approaching being trillionaires at this point. Why is it in this environment workers uh, workers request for fair wages often get ignored? Well, I think it's one word answer. Greed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's an old um, an old movie with Michael Douglas and he was a corporate raider. He yeah. went up to New England to to a company that he was going to take over. And he gave a speech to this company, like, how he was going to take it over. Well, well, what he would do is sell all the assets and let them go bankrupt. <laughs> you know. But he was giving a talk to the workers how this was going to be good for them. And he said, this is about greed, and greed is good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so I think it's just greed. You know, yeah. when, you, when you think about, about greed and responsibility, like, Somebody just released, I, I just heard around the edges, somebody just released uh, thousands of names of people who had put money in Swiss banks. Yeah. And obviously paid no taxes. They were yeah. hiding their money. <laughs> wow. So, so these people, and we had the Panama Papers, we have the Cayman Island Papers, you know. Yeah. We have all these papers about people with money who hide it and don't want to pay their taxes. Mm -hmm. They don't want to take care of others. They, yeah. You know, that's immoral, I think. Yeah. And just immoral. Yeah. I don't know any other way around it. Because in this country, we have this myth about, you know, the farmers coming together for a barn raising, taking yeah. care of one another. Well, that's good. That's good. And that happens uh, at a level until people get greedy. Then mm -hmm. it's, it's gone. Yep. Ah, the human heart. <laughs> uh, now, I hear corporations talk about investing in the community. But I also hear of them taking money out of the community. So what's really going on? And how can we get companies uh, to see the need to invest in the communities they're part of? Yeah. Are they taking money out of the community or are they putting some, it in? Which some is, do. Yeah, some okay. really, really do take money out of the community. Others, uh, others will see the value of building up the community if they plan on staying there. Okay. And, and and really building their company in this yeah. community, they want they want their they want the community to be well run because it's they can see that's a benefit to them. Uh -huh. If there's no if crime is minimal and people are happy and yeah. in this community, and it's uh, growing, they can see that as a benefit to them. Mm -hmm. But there are corporations who uh, who you know they they collect the money from the community and yeah. take it to Ireland. Yeah. Or, or Walmart. Yeah. I mean, Walmart yeah. here in Portland, the money goes to Arkansas, you know. Yep. And, yeah. we're, and they're a very wealthy family. Yeah. And they don't need the, the, all that money. And uh, and they don't take care of their workers very well either. No. Uh, uh, but I don't want to name Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, I heard you talk about... Uh, companies treating workers as is it spongible fungible or something the word i didn't quite catch it but what what are you alluding to in that well i just mean that you can't if you can hire a bunch of people and if you can 
change one out and put another one in. doesn't oh. make any difference. Okay. They just look all the same. Yeah. They all look the same to you. Mm-hmm. And that's what fungible is. Like now, when the, you've got all these corporate leaders in a skyscraper somewhere far away from their workers, how can you change that where they see the workers? Uh, I don't know. People like you going and rattling <laughs> their cages. Rattling their cages, yeah. Yeah. And workers, you know. If mm-hmm. if they don't treat the workers well, you've got to strike. That's the okay. that's the ultimate weapon yeah. that, that you have. Or or boycott is another weapon. Yeah. But that's hard to organize. And, well, you know. one of the ideas I had a few years ago with people is even when there's not a union in place, if the whole community just decided we're no none of us are working for that company. They'll wise up quick because they got to have workers. That's right. <laughs> Just simply the whole community to choose. We're not working for that company. Now, what about... Or the company will move. Yeah, they that might happen too. <laughs> but there's got to be somehow like what you call... I haven't heard this term in a long time, but a critical mass. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, creates havoc for that one company, right. you know, and... uh uh soon the other companies start paying attention because they're like, are we next <laughs> to this critical mass? You don't like one chain uh, um, department store. Well, if everybody just said, we're not shopping at that one store, the others might get the clue too. You know, <laughs> we need to figure this out. Now, what about some of the externalities that corporations deal with? Oh uh, yeah. The externalities, you know, I was just talking with my brother-in-law the other day and, he said that uh, he's talking about a, a town that built a a uh, furnace to burn to burn their garbage. Mm-hmm. He said they put it at the southwest corner of the town, where the wind comes from. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It blows the smoke over the town. Uh-huh. That smoke coming out of that smokestack is an externality. Okay. That's something they don't pay for. Ah. And they get away with, mm-hmm. you know, and. Uh, there's there's all sorts of examples of that, like uh, you know the, this well brownfields. If you know yeah, brown, right. Brownfields where ground has been polluted, where service stations were, and the people picked up from the service station left. Well, the ground's polluted; you can't do anything with it. Yeah. So that's an externality that they never paid for, and then the taxpayer comes in and has to clean it up. Super funds, yeah. Ross Island which was so polluted, they wanted to give it to the city, and the city said, no, we don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> it's too polluted. We don't want to clean it up. Yeah. But that's an externality where they, yeah. a product, you know, something is uh, dumped or spilled or poured in the air mm-hmm. or something like that, and they don't pay for it, and they don't clean it up. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, we have terrible examples wow. of that, like Love Canal, you know, was another example, mm-hmm. you know, where people built their houses over this canal, which was, it was killing them. The, the, the chemicals in it were killing them. Yeah. So those are externalities where, you know, co- companies uh, do that. We had one in uh, in a parish I was in. There, people came in with this uh, idea to process garbage. It was a huge rotating drum, and they threw the garbage in one end and it's come out the other end. It's supposed to smell like new mown grass. Huh. So they it spread it out. But what it smelled like was it Missouri when the farmers dumped all their pig manure that yes. they've been saving all winter on the fields. Yes. <laughs> that's what it smelled like. Ah, nice. And so we fought them. Yeah. But but that's they weren't going to pay for that. Yeah. Just, you have to suffer for that. Yeah. You know, 
Well, we didn't have to suffer. We fought them. Yeah. So that's, yeah. those are externalities. Ah, okay. Definitely yeah. things to be, there, there are so many things in employment justice. I think we could keep going on with episodes <laughs> on this. Yeah. Now let's talk about, uh, unsymmetrical wages between workers and managers. We talked about in the first episode because we talked about the social contract right. that used to exist where there was 10 to 20% more pay for managers than for the worker on the assembly line. But let's talk a little bit more because it's at a thousand percent more at this point or more. Yeah. It's just, just out of control. Yeah. You know? And, and, the thing about it is, what do those uh, people who make all that money do? Yeah. <laughs> well, they say they make the critical decisions. Oh, yeah. But that guy on the line, he's making a critical decision all day long. <laughs> yes. For your product. And yeah. oftentimes putting himself in danger because people get work, hurt and even killed on assembly yeah. lines. So that, that asymm- asymmetry is, you know, part of that, I think, what's feeding it. What's, it's, it's, in, it's into the greed, mm-hmm. you know. There's no reason that they need that money. Yeah. And, you know, how much, how much do you need to live very well? Yeah, exactly. If, if you get a $100 million bonus, well, is that, is that, and you get a $150 million salary, you know, why, what do you, what do you need that for? Exactly. Yeah. And then the, your worker gets $15 an hour. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, how do we, I mean, I know that wages help workers get better wages, but what can be done to solve this problem of the extreme separation between? Well, one thing that that, that would not resolve the situation but would help the worker is if we tax that extra income mm-hmm. high, more highly. Okay. And just raise the taxes on, you know, in the in the fifties and the sixties, that there was a certain amount you, you could earn, and above that, it was a ninety percent tax on. Yeah, ninety percent. Yeah, something like that plus a benefit. So the more you pay your workers, the less tax yeah. you pay as well. Yeah, but yeah. but I think that you know that, that that tax money can be used for streets, schools. Yes. For, for the for the infrastructure. Exactly. Uh, whether it's a phys- the psycho, the human infrastructure or the physical infrastructure, yes. that's what that's what I think it would change some of it. Yeah, big problems here, and that's my next question: is with such a huge footprint that corporations have, especially the major corporations, how do we possibly turn the tide and see justice at this level? Yeah, that's massive. Yeah, Congress is just starting to think about it. You know, just now, <laughs> just starting to think about the, yeah. the maybe they ought to break up these companies, like break up Facebook or something. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know what good that'll do. I mean, yeah. I really don't. And I don't know how you how you manage them. They're, they're, you know, sometimes these companies are bigger than the country. Yeah, they are that they that they exist in. And how do you how do you deal with that? Yeah, that's the and it's wow. You know, it's like. And we experienced that in Central America years ago, where the banana companies were bigger than the than the economy of the country. Yeah. So they just controlled everything. And yeah. To their to the detriment of the people. Yeah. That's the that's the real problem is that the the the, the greed and whatnot gets us to always to the detriment of the people. Yeah. 
And I think that just having this conversation and getting listeners to continue the conversation and keep talking about it to the point where uh, we have to start talking about it. Corporations have to start entering the conversation. You know, if enough people get fed up with it and enough people just constantly bring it to the center, uh, maybe. Wouldn't it be nice if we could get workers from hospitals, restaurants, uh, retail, uh, um, office workers all together and say, let's, let's think about this together. Let's think about what is good for our community yeah. and not give it to the, the public officials. But ah. We will get together and we will chew on this and we'll tell them what we want. And wow, I love it. You know, and maybe we could have a, a voters union yeah. Where a union that t- demands from the politicians things from the voters, it seems like that's another corporation in and of itself, the yeah. polit- political class that doesn't listen to anybody. So. Well, Father, this has been good. Uh, we've talked about a lot, covered a lot, and I appreciate you joining us. Is there anything you wish to add before we close this Well, one thing, I just want to thank you for having me, Mike. Yes. And, uh, I, I really enjoyed the conversation very much. Yeah. And uh, I just think that, you know, I would say that um, part of, you, you asked me at the beginning, you know, why I'm involved. Mm-hmm. The part that I didn't mention is the church mm-hmm. and the church's sense of social justice, yeah. which exists there. And that's also what's formed me. And uh, I, I just want to recognize that. I didn't mention it enough, yes. I don't think, during, the, during our talks. Yes, thank you. And in in a few weeks, we're going to be doing, I'll be doing an extensive, it's going to be a lot of episodes involved in this, but an extensive look at the Catholic Church's compendium on the social doctrine of the church. And that, as a listener, you you can order that off the U.S. Bishop's website, the compendium of the social doctrine of the church. And what that does is it really spells out these fair wages and workers' rights and Right. things of that nature and there are plus a lot of other things that is brilliantly put together that compendium is well father jack mossbrooker thank you for joining us thank you i encourage you as listeners as we close up this extended conversation or really begin the extended conversation not close it up do not lose hope because sometimes it can seem overwhelming but do not lose hope always keep hope alive even in such gigantic situations as dealing with corporations the fact is, the Creator is bigger than any corporate entity. He laughs at the corporate entities because of how small they are <laughs> to Him. Pray first, then act, and allow God to move in any situation. Uh, it is truly a pleasure, again, Father, having you here. Uh, and I would ask if you could close by offering a blessing on our listeners as they do the work of justice. Sure. God, you are a God of justice and of care and mercy. And you care for those especially who are the most vulnerable in our society, those who uh, live out their daily lives uh, struggling to find their way, struggling to make their families whole, struggling to uh, find their way to you. We ask that you would be with the workers and let them know of of your concern for them and that their, their work is a valuable asset, and that their work is a blessing in itself. 
so that they may understand that and experience that. And so we ask that you bless them always and be with them, protect them, and guide them always. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.